Hey friends, welcome to our digital space. On This Girl Life, we're trying to figure life out. And there's no better way to do that than with your best friend by your side. So join us each week as we bring on experts to help us navigate This Girl Life. All right, (laughs) here are your hosts, Whitney and Kristen. Welcome back. It is officially episode 50. We can say that now. We're not messing. Actually say it. No. No. This is 50. We've made it to the big five zero. We're in our prime. I feel like we're 50 days in quarantine, but really we're not. Oh, God. We're not. No. No. But we're managing. Everybody managing. You know who handles 50 like a bitch? J-Lo. So if we can all be like J-Lo, 50 is going to be good to us. Isn't she 50? Yeah, she is. I didn't get the age. I thought you were just saying she was handling quarantine. I'm like, she lives in a mansion, Kristen. Of course she's handling it fine. Like handling 50, you know? I got it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I know. I'm not making sense anymore. No. You know what? I feel like I'm just not making sense at all in life right now. Mm. Life doesn't make sense. We're just surviving. We are surviving. But we're back. And we hope to entertain you a little bit, give you a little refresher to start your Tuesday. Um, And we're really excited. Today, we're actually talking. We have a doctor on talking about COVID. Um, We're getting details on treatments, um, functional medicine treatments. We even selfishly talk about pregnancy and how that correlates with COVID. It's a good episode. We were fangirling. Because it's and also it's not a trigger episode. So if you have like high anxiety regarding COVID nineteen, like we totally get it. Our goal in this was to provide actual research, non biased educational research, and tips on how to prepare yourself and your family. So yeah, don't let this totally freak you out because it's not going to. No, it's going to make you feel better. Episode. It's going to make you feel great. And you're going to mm-hmm. want to get a bunch of supplements and just build that immune system. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I'm at. I know. Me so, too. Um, before we get into that, um, we I feel like it's just – I know there's not a lot going on in the world. No, wait. There is a lot there's, going on in the world. Yeah. Right? <laughs> not but, a lot in the pop culture edition of yeah, the world. Yeah. But I still today was like, I feel this need that we just have to talk pop culture. We haven't done it yep. in a while. You know what's my favorite thing in the world? I know. Kristen just mm, eats it up. She's love. I love pop culture. It's a <laughs> nice little break from the real drama of the world, you know? No, it really is. And so we're kind of going to get into, um, I guess, five things you should just know right now, like, going yeah. on. Yeah. I don't have, like, a cool thing, like, intro, but that's really just what it is. So If I had drama, I would pop it like Whitney Hayes and go... Pop culture. Oh my gosh, I've done I've done that. Girl, you know me and Soundcliff. I got you covered. <laughs> okay. So of course I had my stuff popped like here on my phone, but I'm not prepared. And Okay, I'll do it. I'll okay. do mine then. Yeah. So did you know that tomorrow, since this is airing today on Tuesday, tomorrow yeah. is the last episode ever of Modern Family. I saw that last night. I was watching American Idol, and yeah, I did. I I really feel like quarantine is the time to start watching Modern Family. I've never. It's been it. on for a decade, so you got a lot to catch up on. I know, but I, I feel like for people who are Modern Family lovers, like this is like Friends ending. You know, yes. this is like huge How I Met Your Mother ending. Friend, you know. I know. So we're thinking about you as you go into tomorrow's final episode. Yeah. And I hope it's everything that you want it to be. Really, I, I hope they tie up what you need. <laughs> loose, tie those loose ends up. <laughs> I really would watch a show only for Sofia Vergara. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she's so fantastic. She's the mm-hmm. reason why I would watch the show. I love the dad that the guy she's married to. The guy that's from Married with Children. Yeah, yeah, he's. Funny. I love him too. He's so funny. Well, okay, so Kristen and I might just start watching Modern Family. <laughs> we might. We might. <laughs> We've got. Yeah. Okay, then that, this is mine. This is, you guys, this is so cool. Um, All Rise is doing All Rise on CBS. It's a TV show about lawyers. We have a good friend on there who we're going to try to get on just to talk about this. They Jay. Are, <clears throat> Jay. Um, <laughs> they're doing a virtual episode about coronavirus. So this is, again, everything's been shut down due to the current pandemic, but CBS's All Rise is going into production virtually to try something brand new, which, guys, I'm pretty sure they're the first. I haven't heard this. 
Um, Sweet. So, of course, I watch it. It's set in L.A. It's in a courthouse. And they're going to be shooting it, though, with, like, FaceTime, Zoom, other social media um, ways, I guess. And I don't know. They're going to be shot. It's going to be shot virtually. So I'm So sweet. Like, I don't know how it's going to be, but we got to try it out. Yeah. It's going to be the first. It's so sweet. It's cool that all these people are going to get to come back to their jobs, too. Yeah. You know, so in some form, this is another one. If you're looking for a show to catch up on, you need to check it out because Jay Alex Brinson, we call him Jay, is um, Luke on the show. And yeah, well, yeah, but then he goes, you'll see. I'm not trying to spoiler alert, people. I'm not trying to spoiler alert. So anyways, super excited about this. All rise. I'm excited to see what they come up with. We're going to try to get Jay on. Haven't even texted them. Then being, he's married to one of our best friends. But anyways, super excited. Okay. You know me. I'm back with some more Bachelor updates, peeps. Um, oh did you all see that Kelly from Peter's season and Peter himself are quarantining together? Yeah. They're all over TikTok. Their little butts are just like the faces. And they're not like cute TikToks like Hannah Brown and Tyler Cameron, like that we actually want to see together. I want to be like, Peter, here's my issue with you, Peter, is you have been engaged, dating someone else and dating someone else all now within a span of like three months. Like he's the worst. And on the first episode of your season, you went back to the last girl you banged. So, like, this whole thing. Hannah Ann got out. Like, God bless her for saying, I'm too good for this. See you later. Like, thank God he dumped her because she's too cute for him. This is crazy. Kristen, this has been a very intense season for Kristen. (laughs) Talk about someone who cannot make up their damn mind. I know. I know. It's really, guys. I'm over the TikTok. I don't even want to see them on E! News or Us Weekly. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm so over you. Nope. 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 Done. Done. Mm -hmm. Bye. We're over you, Peter. Yeah. Now, someone I'm not over and I'm never going to get over, we're going to transition. Guys. (laughs) Okay. Growing (laughs) up, I loved the nanny. Right? Fran Drescher. (laughs) I loved everything Fran Drescher. The nanny. (laughs) My favorite. Beautician and the Beast. Like, if y'all haven't watched that show, that's the shit. Like it is good. I mean, I will find out where it's on for you guys, and you need to watch it. Um, <laughs> I'm not kidding you, okay, Fran? I want you on the podcast. She's um, on a new show. I know, indebted. Yeah, I've already watched <laughs> Sorry. it. <laughs> Anyways, Gosh. okay. So what they're doing though? Okay. She basically dropped a few weeks ago that they were going to do something really great for the nanny fans. And I thought, oh, they're going to put it like on Hulu or something, right? Well, no. What what they ended up doing basically is they, they took the first nanny episode and they did this huge table read on YouTube. Um, again, not necessarily what I was wanting. <laughs> I mean, I, I, love, <laughs> I love the cast, but still like super – nice gesture for the fans and so you can go on youtube and find that anyways again i hope i hope that they have the nanny out i need to look you know instead of watching sabrina the teenage witch (laughs) old school okay not that new shit um i need to watch the nanny at night the nanny is good i do love it loved it's on something because i watched it in quarantine on tv it's on like really TV land. Is that what I watch younger on? Yes. It's on TV land. Yeah. Younger. Can we talk about younger? (sighs) Binge that. If you guys haven't. Stop everything you're doing and binge younger. Yeah. That I binge that in Quinny's newborn phase when I was nursing at nighttime. I would like plug a headphone in, pump out like, oh my gosh, it shows so good. One of the best. Oh, so good. So. Guys, see, this is why pop culture is so good. Everyone, I get asked this a lot because I love TV and you love TV. Maybe you get it asked too. People are like, <laughs> the other day, so Kristen, what is the reason you think you like TV so much? And I, someone asked yeah, me that. Like in a very like thoughtful, wanting to like dig in to get to know me better question. And I was like, you know, I have a lot going on. I have a lot in my life. I have a job, a husband, kid. 
it's like my way to relax. Like some people go and like run and climb and my, you know, mountain bike. And like, that's great. I love to sit down and watch TV. That's how I relax. You know, honestly, whoever asked you that, I'd be like, <laughs> like working out for me is not where I find like my Zen, no. you know, how like you like to work out. Yeah, that's me. Like, that's great. This is my Zen. When I can like get into like the dramatic life mm-hmm. of someone else that's annoying. That's how I do it. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, my life is great. Bye. Bye, bachelor. <laughs> I have the best life ever. <laughs> but it's like a good, that's my way to relax. Yeah. Yeah. I can love it. Well, before I forget, as you were just talking, I was like, gosh, we've been talking about pop culture and we didn't even get into yay and nay with Wit and K. It's yay and nay with Wit and K. So we like oh, need shit. to jump into this. Do you have a yay? I have a nay. Okay. okay. <laughs> Let's start there. Uh, okay. So obviously last episode I announced I'm pregnant. My nay is brushing my teeth right now. And let me explain to y'all, if you haven't been pregnant, um, every time I put my toothbrush, no, not even put my toothbrush, anytime I think about it, I walk up the stairs to my bathroom. It's 10 o'clock at night. I think about brushing my teeth. I bought Yeah. Yeah. We're at that Ooh. stage. I literally, I've cried to kill about it. Like, it's <laughs> That's bad. Yeah. It's that bad. You guys, Kale's like, can you do it some other way? Can you lay down? Can you? I'm like, no. Okay? I can't lay down. These are logicals trying to come up with, like, other ways around this problem. (laughs) I'm like, you don't get it Mm. at all. Ooh, that's bad. That just made my mouth, like, fill up with saliva a little bit. Yeah. Welcome to, like, every five minutes of my life right now. Uh, Okay, that's my name. My nay. I have like a really Debbie Downer nay or I have like a nay. I mean, you do whatever you need to do, girl. You just send um, it. I'm just going to go with my nay. Okay. So I am 25 weeks pregnant tomorrow, which is like a good yay or today. Yeah. Um, I don't get to go to my doctor anymore. It's all telemedicine. What? Yeah. Seriously, they're not checking heart tones? Nope. They're, they're just so like – I'll come in at 38 weeks for an ultrasound. So I I have to go in on Friday for my glucose test because that's obviously has to be done. Typical. Um, but I cannot bring anyone. Like I couldn't last time. I have to wear a mask. Yeah. Um, I don't see anyone. Like I check in in my car, wait, and then when I'm ready, I go in, I pee, like leave your urine sample, and then I see the doctor yeah. and like that's it. Like there's no waiting wow. room. And then they told me that that'll be my last one until 38 weeks. And so it's kind of interesting that I'll go through like the next 13 weeks without going to the doctor, which feels kind of crazy. So. Guys, my child's yelling at me. (laughs) I can't hear her if that makes you feel better. I muted you. This is what quarantine is. Podcasting, I know. What are you gonna do, guys? She might bust in here. I hey, that's know. fine. But I get it. Same thing. Like, no, I, yeah. I. They haven't checked us in in the car. But same thing. Yeah. yeah. So super weird. Are you gonna get like a heart tone? Are you gonna buy it Amazon to like check it yourself? I don't think so, because that kind of stuff freaks me out. You know, like I would check it oh, every okay. two and a half hours and like not find it one time, yeah. and then I'd be like at the ER. So yeah. Okay. You know, I can feel right. her a lot now. Like she's because I'm freaking humongous. So like I can feel her. So that makes me feel better. You're not. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's well, funny. okay. It's my yay. You. Yeah. We're gonna get positive here. Um my yay I think has to be that we did a deep clean. Like one thing that's happening in quarantine is deep clean. Now, this is like, again, a yay nay, because when you're pregnant, everything smells. Everything in my house smells, right? It stinks. I'm like, how the F have we been living like this? <laughs> we live like pigs. Um, the room stinks. Something in this room smells. <laughs> like, <laughs> Gotta but love those pregnancy this... senses. Kale's, Kale goes, is this going to stop, or are you going to be that 50-year-old woman down the, like, when, I was like, well, I said no. I was like, no. He's like, are you going to come in and like wash your hands 20 times and be like, wow, you know, it's like, no, this is, this is pregnancy stuff. <laughs> but the one positive is that I've cleaned my closet. I'm getting like Tupperware things, like put my shoes in, 
you know, everything is organized. Okay. So that is the positive. One more negative. My husband bought Razzle Cranberry LaCroix. It was honestly, I questioned our relationship. I would. I mean, I don't like LaCroix in general, but if you're going to give me crap, don't give me that one. It's disgusting, yet I still drink it. Mm. Sorry, two nays. Mm. Okay. Okay, my yay. I'm going to be like a grandma and say my yay is the weather. It's finally nice here, guys. And we were outside yesterday for probably like 17 of the 18 waking hours, and it was glorious. It just changes our life in quarantine when we can be go on walks. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my yay. The sunshine. I love it. Yeah. I um I have so many negatives right now. Kristen, I can like because you're just... still in your first trimester of pregnancy and that's all that this is. <laughs> Everything sucks. No. But we have so much to be grateful for. I don't even want to like sound that negative. I know. I know. But I didn't Kristen looked at me like I slowed down. I know I thought you did. I was like voice. oh shoot, we're losing internet. <laughs> like the internet. <laughs> That was my guys. We're getting delirious over here. We promise we don't have COVID nineteen, but you know who we're going to talk about that knows all about COVID nineteen? Stephen Cabral. Guys, I had to pull up his website because the amount of qualifications that he has, I couldn't remember them. So it's been almost twenty years. I'm just going to read his little bio. He has a little bio. After almost twenty years, worldwide internships, dozens of certifications in the natural health field and doctoral degree in naturopathy, you can rest assured that his knowledge, experience, and compassion are at the top of his field. So guys, he has over 20 certifications and specialties, like doctor, he's in doc- insane, doctorate of naturopathy, American Naturopathic Medical Certification Board, functional medicine practitioner, integrative medicine practitioner, integrative health practitioner. And then he goes into like all of his other, like, I wouldn't call them small things, but like Hair mineral analysis, live and dried blood microscopy, Chinese, can't say the word. Like, guys, the amount of stuff <laughs> that he knows about. Yeah. Like. That's why we had him on. Yeah. He's so knowledgeable yes. and he only shares the facts. He's not biased. He's so well-researched. We're obsessed with him and you can tell throughout the podcast. We're going to link everything for you because he has so much information he has some products, you guys, and I talk about them. I'm a, I am obsessed with them. Um, so check him out, check his podcast out, and we hope you enjoy and learn a little bit about COVID and maybe have some of the anxieties that maybe you're having just relieved. We'll see you next week. Dr. Cabral, welcome to This Girl Life. We are so excited to have you on today to talk about everything. Um, We know we're kind of in the midst of this crazy virus time, and we know there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of anxiety kind of surrounding the virus, and there's a lot of misinformation out there. So before we really get into the nitty gritty, I would love for you to tell our listeners something that could maybe ease fears ease some of them, relieve them, or just kind of make them feel not as anxious about what's going on. Absolutely. And so the good news is really just over the last week, we've found a few natural medicine ways of being able to boost the immune system in order to fight COVID-19. And we've also found a few conventional medicine ways. So the great thing is really, if we want to, we want to look at life-threatening situations from an integrative approach. And that means even though I'm a doctor of naturopathy, I practice without using pharmaceutical drugs, in life-saving conditions, we want to make sure that we do use those in order to help those people most at risk. So, um, and that's the research that I study as well. It's like whatever's going to help people, that's what we're going to do because we don't want to say, oh no, we can't use that because we're totally against that. Well, we typically are for chronic-based disease, but we're not for life-saving, that's for sure. So um, over the past two weeks, and we can get into it if you want, there's been a lot of studies that have come out showing the efficacy of vitamin C, zinc, melatonin, and vitamin D, namely vitamin C, that's the big one. And then in terms of conventional medicine, there are about a half a dozen different pharmaceutical drugs that showed potential. The best right now is a combination of actually a former anti-malaria drug, it's currently an autoimmune drug mixed with an antibiotic. 
So both of those are really, we just need another week or so of testing them and then they'll become mainstream in about two weeks. Today we're recording uh, the beginning of April. So uh, that'll be good because the peak in the United States is about to happen in about three weeks is what's predicted. To treatment a little bit more. Everything that we've been researching and I've been hearing you talk about, it really says that virus is going to hit like that peak around April like 15th to the 22nd, I think is kind of that time frame. Why are we just hitting that peak though in the States? Like I know well, New York hit it, but why now is it like, hey, the peak's going to be here? Yeah, absolutely. And part of it is the incubation period or the potential uh, for two weeks. So meaning that you are actually contagious or could be contagious, not everyone. I mean, this is different for each individual. Some people seem to have a natural immunity to COVID-19. Others, uh, about 80 people, younger than, let's say, 55 or 65, show almost no symptoms at all or flu-like symptoms. So, you know, viruses are uh, attack the body in different ways. This one in particular creates inflammation and it comes on very quickly and it has an affinity uh, with the viral, basically if we look at it as a sphere and then the viral protrusions that some people call spikes, well, they actually lodge and lock onto, especially the lower lobes of the lungs. So this comes on and when it does come on it with a lot of um, seriousness behind that. And of course the people now, it can happen to anybody, but the people who don't respond as well are, are again, special population, immune compromised of any age or over 65. But to be honest, it's really over 75. Um, th that, gen that group of people are hit the hardest. So um, we'll peak because of the spread. And um, let's say that I have it or someone has it. Well, the viral infection for this, like the flu is typically one person can affect, it's usually the ratio is about one and a half people. Well, with COVID-19, they're estimated about three people. So now you can see how that just grows. If one person affects three and then those three people all affect three, you can just see it start to multiply. Mm -hmm. And that's why, although the majority of people are going to be just fine, it looks like 99% now, not 96%, really 99 plus percent. The problem is that hospitals really aren't ready for this fast of a growth um, and an infection among people with a seriousness. Remember, it's not the virus, it's the pneumonia or it's the complications mm -hmm. of the virus that's causing the issue. So that's really what we're looking at right now. And that's why even though most people are gonna be totally fine, we need to make sure that we protect those people that are not going to be fine, which are our parents and grandparents. Right. We've seen this weird, you kind of just touched on it, why it's so important that you know we take this seriously. We've seen this kind of dichotomy between people taking this very serious and social distancing. Like I, for one, have been self-quarantined for almost four weeks now. But then we see this other side where they're on the beaches in spring break. They're still going to church. We actually just saw, I think it was either the governor of Texas or Georgia say, I didn't even realize. Okay, I guess now we'll make you guys stay at home. Why? In your opinion, I have two twofold question. I love the science behind why this is so important and why we absolutely need to quarantine and social distance and all that. So I'd love to pick your brain a little bit more on the importance of that. But why do you think this disease caused such a dichotomy between take it seriously and then people going on trips and taking trips still? So why do you think this has caused such a, a separation? Well, for the vast majority of people, and I've been saying this from the very beginning, it is a very, and people don't like when I say this, but it's still the truth. It's a very serious case of the flu. And that's what it is. I mean, when you look at all the research and you put the graphs right next to each other, the same population, meaning like the people that are the greatest risk for mortality is the same exact age population. And people from flu also get pneumonia. And so what we're looking though is a sharper spike in cases over a shorter period of time. So with the flu, for example, it's estimated that, well, for about 30 to 40 million people last year got the flu. That's a lot of people. This was estimated to affect billions of people. It won't affect billions of people. It may not even reach, um, I, we, I mean, the estimates right now are two and a half million. Keep in mind, it's probably 10x that. It's probably 25 million because most people walk around with no symptoms at all. And so then we look at mortality. Well, the mortality could actually be five times that of the flu even with less people infected, and it's because the symptoms come on so fast and we might not be ready in hospitals. So I think there's a dichotomy that you just stated because 
uh, well, for two reasons, in my opinion. One is that uh, the younger or just younger people in general with healthier immune systems are going to be totally fine. So, okay, they get the flu. It's really like you'll recover. It's not fun, of course, but you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, the second part is that there's a huge socioeconomic um, part to this as well. And what, I mean, I know a lot of people are saying stay home, stay home. And yes, we do have to stay home. That's the truth because we have to protect those people that are most at risk. You don't want your parents or grandparents or anyone um, falling ill to this. But the problem is, well, that's really hard to say. And it's almost to me, and I, and I, I always speak the truth, it's a little privileged to say stay home. What about the mom or dad working two jobs, supporting their kids? They're going to lose their house. They're going to lose mm-hmm. everything they have if they can't work. And so right. that's okay. You know, like, right. so we have to find a happy medium. And re- by the way, remember, we can't stop the spread of the virus, really. We can stop it by hopefully the summer months where it's drier, there's more heat, kills the virus outside of the body, yes. But a virus move for social distancing is so that hospitals can catch up and that there's not this huge spike early on where we don't have enough testing. I mean, remember, places like South Korea, they did an amazing job at testing everyone. I mean, they just tested 20,000 tests a day. In the United States, people are taking 10 to 12 days to get the results. It's crazy. So we're just not doing a good job in the United States. That's the truth. Well, let's get down kind of to the nitty-gritty of testing here. Um, Obviously, in South Korea, they did do testing differently, um, and we are having a harder time getting those results back in a timely manner. I'm not up. There's so much information. I've been trying to read articles after articles, but what what did South Korea do? Maybe you know this. What did they do? What did their testing look like? Because I know we had tests that had to be sent out to independent labs. That was taking some time, but now we're trying Mm -hmm. to do in-house testing, um, so can you talk a little bit about what they did versus what we're doing and where we're at now? Yes. Yeah, so they had drive throughs where they had people like full hazmat suits, all of that, and they would do, um, saliva swab, whatever it might be, but they would do that and it could be blood tests, but they would be right at the, um, basically a line of cars. And they would test all the people just driving through. Because if you have to go to your doctors, it doesn't make sense. Or a hospital so that you could be infected then. That, that again, like that does not work. So actually, this is just two, only two days old. But um, the company that I founded, Equilibrium Nutrition, we actually got asked by one of the largest labs in the United States um, to reach out to our community. And if anybody tested positive, we're providing them, um, basically the intermediary to develop at home lab testing for COVID-19. So we oh. don't run any of like, we don't own any labs, but we're working cause we do a lot of at home lab testing yeah. and that's the way to do it. I mean, ship people labs or get them a, like a pickup center where they can bring them home so that your parents and grandparents don't have to go out. That makes a yes. lot of sense. Mm-hmm. That does. Mm-hmm. I'm, my hope is that we can get to that point. Um, one one of the things that I saw that Mayo just put out is that the COVID antibody test will be ready. They're saying Monday. That's what the article I claimed um, said. So the antibody test, we were kind of talking about that working mom who needs the job. And how can this, why is this so important, I guess, for people to know, hey, was I one of those people that didn't have a, the symptoms, but now I have the antibodies? Could this be good for people like getting back to work? Could we get people back to work faster if we could all know if we have had COVID? Yeah. And I think that's how it should be. I mean, in a, I'm always looking at both sides of it because we work in our practice with a lot of people with mental health based issues as well. And I worry that, uh, not, not worry. I believe it's the truth that if that many people lose their job or their entire life savings or their retirement or whatever it might be, that there's going to be a lot of depression, there's going to be a lot of anxiety, there's going to be suicide, and I worry about that just as much. Now, how, like, what's the right answer? So do you then not worry about the generation that's 75 plus, or do you worry about the people with all the mental health? It's a hard decision to make. So mm-hmm. what South Korea and a lot of places did is they didn't lock people down for 60 days like the United States is going to do. We, we are going to go all through April, and it might be some of May as well, if not all of May. Mm-hmm. And so how does a small business or how do any businesses that isn't going to be built up by the government survive two and a half months of no income? So in, again, this is not a doctor's perspective. This is me being a human. <laughs> Could we allow younger people back to work that are not at risk? And then we still do social distancing for those most at risk and 65 plus years old do that. 
And so that would just be my option. Since we don't have a plan, we do need to social distance because we have to stop the immediate spike of this particular virus. Right. That's actually my husband and I literally that's his thoughts, too. Uh, could this antibody test to play a part in that and allow some of the younger generation just to get back to work to help our, you know, boost our economy back up a little bit. So here's to hoping. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I know. It'll be an interesting next yeah. 60 days if no one's going back to work. That's for sure. So. I would love to kind of transition into medicine and treatments. And I would love to look at both, you know, the conventional side and the functional side. So conventional, I'm going to butcher these words, but we're looking at chloroquine and like hydroxychloroquine and don't, I'm not the (laughs) nurse here. That's Whitney. So let me say if I'm butchering these, but I would love to hear your thoughts and kind of like how they're functioning together. We kind of touched on it early on, but I would love to hear more of your thoughts on that. Yes. So let's just say even two weeks ago, I'm shooting a weekly video to basically just trying to keep people up to date on an unbiased approach. And I mean, really like being unbiased about this saying there's a time and place for everything. What I don't want people to do is continue to listen to the news, which is they're just fighting over ratings. They're going to show you worst case scenario. They're going to tell you 40 to 70% of the population was going to get this. And they'll find a doctor in the world because there are ones out there who say that this is going to affect billions of people worldwide. Well, the data doesn't back that up. So all I'm going by is the, is the exact data, what the curve looks like based on where it hit in China and Italy. And if we do the same things, where the United States will be. And then I'm also looking at the best research. It can't be peer reviewed because it's too early, but every day, on certain websites, doctors are sharing information on what they believe is working. So just two weeks ago, we were looking at um, Avigan, which is a Japanese antiviral medication. We were looking at Remdem- Remdemisvir, which is uh, used to treat Ebola, uh, mm-hmm. looking at interferon alpha-2b, which was out of Cuba, and certain vaccines that were used for HIV, et cetera. Well, it turns out that it seems they were all like fairly effective, but not across the board. What seems to be effective across the board for at least a lot of people is hydroxychloroquine, or also pronounced hydroxychloroquine, which originally came from a malaria-based drug, which was chloroquine. And they're combining that with an antibiotic called uh, azithromycin that people are just referring to as z So why this is effective is potentially for two reasons. Um, One is you're combining a drug that's used for autoimmune issues like rheumatoid arthritis and lupus that could control the, the great cytokine or inflammation-based response, which is called the Th1 part of the immune system. So that against a virus or bacteria, your Th1 is actually supposed to be strong. Your Th1, T helper uh, 1 immune cells are supposed to be strong to fight the virus. But the problem is that it comes on so fast, the inflammation is so great that it actually causes an inability to cough up a lot of mucus. It's a dry-based cough. And that causes, that can lead to pneumonia. Well, so that's good that it's helping with that part of it. But then the antibiotic could be for post-secondary infections, um, which also helps with inflammation. And people are also speculating that it may help with the uptake of zinc into the cells, which stops the replication of the virus. And it increases the pH of the, ce- of the tissue itself, not the blood, but the tissue, where uh, a virus can't replicate too. Either way, we may never know because over 50% of all drugs are idiopathic, which means we never know how they work, but it seems <laughs> to be working. So that's awesome. good. Now, yeah. we're also seeing that high-dose vitamin C is working as yeah. well. Uh, so that was great to, to see that in China, they have three specific studies on that. And then in the United States, they've been using it all over New York, which has been hit, you know, 10x yeah. most places in the U.S. So Yeah. I love, like, again, when you need conventional medicine, I'm a nurse and I'm in nurse practitioner school. So I can't knock on conventional medicine, right? Like, but I do, I gravitate to the functional side of things. So when I, you know, hearing you talk about vitamin C, zinc, magnesium, all these things, it made me so happy because there are other ways to help build our immune system, especially as, I mean, everybody should be doing it on the regular because we're always, our immune systems are always going to be put under stress. But um, I saw you put a new, you have a new bundle out on your website, the immunity protocol. Um, and it has zinc, vitamin D, vitamin C in it. So how, like, how does, how do those three in combination kind of help boost that immunity for people? And 
just other things I've heard you talk about that I want you to discuss are like sauna and red light therapy. These are all things that can boost our immune system while possibly being under this attack. Yeah. And so the biggest thing that I want uh, people to really remember and think about the goal is that you're going to get sick in your life. Like you're going to get a virus. You might get the flu, the, but a healthy immune system wins out every single time. Mm-hmm. So the issue with at-risk um, immunocompromised people and then older generation is, well, the older generations, um, their cells and mucous membranes are more dried out. They don't have as many white blood cells or natural killer cells. And their, their immune system is simply not as robust. They have a lot of deficiencies. They're catabolic. They don't even get enough nutrients during the day. And so what our job is, is there's no way to prevent that we know, prevent COVID-19. But that doesn't mean you need to be worried. It simply means that you keep your immune system. You'll be able to, just last week on my podcast, I got a horrible virus. The sickest I've been since um, for 15 years. And it was this January. I, I got it. I recovered in four days, but it was, I mean, it was a sick four days, but it was the worst I'd been in 15 years. Nothing I could do to prevent that, that I know of. I traveled twice a month. I was at six different seminars. I was exposed to hundreds of thousands of people. I was on airplanes. It was, you know, it's not healthy places, (laughs) Um, but taking, you know, things that keep your immune system boosted uh, will allow you to fight these things off. And again, we can't say whether we're treating or curing or preventing any disease, Mm -hmm. but Vitamin C is needed to boost the immune system. We know that vitamin C itself actually, um, there's a process called redox. And what happens is vitamin C will actually act like hydrogen peroxide in the body. And it will neutralize a lot of these pathogens, namely viruses. And vitamin C has obviously been around since the dawn of time, since these things are natural. And we have science behind all of them. So people think like, oh, conventional medicine holds all the keys to science. Well, that's not true. We have a scientific research. We don't have one. We have thousands of research studies behind every single vitamin and nutrient. And you just have to know when to use them when. So Mm -hmm. people are like, oh, well, what about CoQ10? Well, not for a virus, but sure, it can help with mitochondrial health and all of that. So- the, the special thing about vitamin C, and Linus Pauling, uh, double Nobel Prize winner, biochemist, medical doctor, um, shared with us that vitamin C is actually able to help with viruses. And if you want, take it at a dose of one to three grams or so per day. I don't believe in high-dose vitamin on a daily basis. I believe in foundational protocols on a daily basis. And then if you do get sick, well, that's the time to ramp up your vitamin C. And as we're seeing in New York, they're using 1500 milligrams four times a day. That's six grams a day. Yeah. That's very appropriate. That's not even high dose. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, until you right. get over 10 grams, it's not even high dose vitamin C. In yeah. China, they're mm-hmm. using 50 grams or more intravenously. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So I'm curious that. about vitamin C because we're both pregnant and there's in my little minute research of being pregnant, we're not supposed to take high doses in of vitamin C during pregnancy, but I would love to take some more than maybe I need to because of this. So what do you think about, you know, how much should we be taking? How much should someone who's not be not pregnant be taking during this? Yes. I know it's kind of a selfish question for Whitney and me <laughs> on the pregnancy side, but I'm just curious to your thoughts on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to answer those. And uh, one of my close friends, she lives in Florida. She thought she had COVID-19. She had a fever for three and a half days. Uh, I mean, really, really terrible stuff. Well, at that point, you need to do something. So what are you choosing to do? Are you going to take uh, ibuprofen? Are you going to take Advil? Are you going to do, or are you going to do more naturally, which is vitamin C, zinc, vitamin D, Epsom salt soaks, you know, like, and so um, she chose to go more naturally. And so what I would say is the average, like on a daily basis, we're not trying to boost our immune system. A gram of vitamin C, to two grams of vitamin C, a great place to be. That's not a super high dose for adults. For zinc, up to 50 milligrams a day. Most people, 15 to 30 milligrams of zinc a day, perfect. Especially if you exercise, you know, you need to keep those zinc stores up. And then we can, we can get into body types. I mean, there's all sorts of things to talk about. Some people need more zinc than others. Um, and then for vitamin D, simple. It's four to 5,000 IUs for most adults. It's 35 IUs per pound of body weight. You don't need to get it exact. Four to 5,000 is fine. And again, you can lab test to find out if you're between 50 and 70 uh, nanograms per milliliter. So, and then there is um, the last one on this immune boosting list, because there's so many. We could talk about licorice root, we could talk about mulein, we could talk about ginger, we could talk about all these great things, but you don't need to do those on a daily basis. You use those when you're sick. 
right? Because that's natural medicine. But um, there's another one that is working potentially. Again, it's all anecdotal because it's it's not going to be published for many, many months. But we don't need to wait because these things are all natural. It's melatonin. Melatonin, average person doesn't need it if they're sleeping well. And of course, they should figure out if they're why they're not sleeping well. But <laughs> melatonin, one to three milligrams a night, not a big deal. It's not going to shut down your own melatonin production. But when people are getting sick, five to 20 milligrams seems to be helping with the reduction of inflammation, cortisol, immune balance. And then if you are sick, bumping up your vitamin D to 10,000 I use for four or five days, bumping up your vitamin C to five to 10 grams a day, uh, or a bowel tolerance, which means when you start to get loose stool, you cut back on your vitamin C. Right. So hopefully that helps. Now for pregnancy, I still <laughs> recommend going with a regular daily dose, one gram of vitamin C, uh, 15 to 30 milligrams of zinc. Most of that will be covered with your prenatal that you should take through mm -hmm. the whole pregnancy. And mm -hmm. then um, what else do we mention there? Um, vitamin D, the same thing. Same yeah. thing. About okay. Four to 5,000. We're kind okay. of in a weird position being pregnant. It's like, you just can't, can't really, <laughs> you know, you're such, I'm, I'm pigeonholed because I want, I want to be boosting my immune system and always working, but there's so much, you know, stress that comes with being pregnant. What are some other things like um, red light therapy, sauna therapy? What are some other things that people can be doing um, at home or just consider maybe just for like flu season even, just any sort of viral um, situation that they're in? So a couple things. Now this is, it's different because when we talk about uh, being pregnant, it's kind of strange to say this, but now you're in that special population where mm -hmm. you actually can't take normal record. You can't take regular recommendations. Right. And the risk is, you know, so the, the issue is that you're just trying to stay, you're trying to keep your body as balanced as possible and not overdo, but also not ask your liver to process more because now you're processing more blood and more toxins, believe it or not, than ever before. Um, so, and they're, they're endogenous toxins, right? So your body's producing just more. And so there's going to be more waste and that that's normal. That's a normal filtration process. So up your water intake. That's a big thing that a lot of uh, pregnant women don't do is they, they're not hydrating more than they typically would when they need to, because their blood volume is increased and mm -hmm. they need to get that water circulating through the liver and the kidneys to help detoxify naturally. So, um, that's the first part. Now, if we're talking about sauna therapy, it has already been shown to be a potent antiviral. And the reason is that heat is one of the things that our body knows what to do when we get a virus or a pathogen. We actually create our own fever. So that is why we get a temperature 100 degrees or more. It's to actually kill the virus or speed up the flow of blood, blood cells, and it does both. So my recommendation is if you have a sauna, if you have access to a sauna, use it daily. Um, there's a great study that shows all-cause mortality decreased by 40% in cardiovascular risk by over 60% by using a sauna for 19 minutes, four to five days a week. So, wow. I mean, again, I always say if there was a pharmaceutical that did that, it would be a trillion dollar drug that you could decrease all cause mortality by 40 plus wow. percent. Be amazing. Yeah. That would be, that would be nuts. I feel like that's something selfishly one day I'm, I'm like, I need to get a sauna. <laughs> I feel like it always does good. <laughs> What, um, yeah. one thing that I know you're really big on is detoxing. Um, you, um, you have a lot of great detoxes. And so for people, you know, once we get out of this, once we're past this, um, just to help with our daily lives, our daily function, keeping us at the best possible spot, um, where can someone start with like a good detox? It's my highest recommendation is um, first, you know, there's a big difference between juicing an intestinal cleanse and a functional medicine detox. So people kind of lump them all together or even drinking teas. None of them are bad, meaning there's a time and place for all like drinking green juices one day to do digestive rest is is great. Nothing wrong with that at all. But it's not a detox because uh, what a detox does is it gives your liver the nutrients it needs for phase one and phase two detox. So your liver and the misnomer is that, oh, your body detoxes every day on its own. Well, yes, it absolutely does, uh, or you wouldn't be here. So, you know, every six minutes, your liver is filtering all the blood in your body. That, without a doubt, that's what it does. And if it didn't do that, well, again, you'd be dead. So we're happy that it does that. Now, that doesn't mean that it gets everything all the time. Because I could give anyone an environmental toxicity test, and people would show up with something. So I can prove it to people that there are toxins. And again, 
I don't have anything to prove except to share with people like this is a real thing. There's over 77,000 man-made chemicals in the environment that our body was not equipped to deal with and things like DDT mm-hmm. lasting the environment forever. So the other part is heavy metals. Um, you can do a simple at-home test as well for heavy metals. And your body needs binders, and then it needs to get to the liver, and then it needs to get to the intestines and um, excreted through the body in either the stool, the urine, or through sweat in a sauna. So that's why you know that's very, very helpful. A little bit through the lungs, but not that much. So what a functional medicine detox does is it teaches people to, without them even really knowing it, how to do intermittent fasting, how to eat more of a plant-based diet, um, and, and how to get those nutrients for phase one and phase two detox that most people aren't getting. And then also how to maintain. So do a detox, a functional medicine detox for seven to 21 days, uh, 21 days, the first time you do it ideally, and then seven days every quarter with each season. And then on a daily basis, try to eat more cruciferous vegetables and mm-hmm. take your, you know, your foundational products that you need. Yeah. Again, we're going to link all of his stuff. I, I love your products. I, like, uh, again, I haven't done a detox. I would, I would love to do one of your detoxes, but I I'd like to share with people the information. Yeah, no, we love it. Yeah, we do. I mean, I and I want to share about your products because they are really great and they're so pure. So again, we're gonna link everything for you guys so you can see what we're talking about. Um, but yeah, so I guess if we have a few <laughs> ending questions. Um, yeah, just trying to like give a little bit of peace of mind to our our listeners. Um, I know we had one one from a listener. Yeah. Was it that one? She had asked. So I think a lot of us are thinking of this normal life again. You know, everyone's talking about it. When do we get back to normal? What, what can you tell our listeners about this? When will we feel comfortable? And like for Whitney and I, we both have daughters. At what point do we say, okay, daughters, you can go back to school. You can go outside and play on the playground or see your friends. How do we know what that normal looks like and how do we as parents and as just adults in general feel safe with what is going to be our new normal? Yeah, and it is, I mean, these are uncertain times and that's where the fear comes from is because it's it's the unknown. Now, but there is so much that we do know and we do know that this was a corona-based virus, which we've dealt with in the past before, which means we could have had lab testing ready. And so that's the thing. Like, so our our government and our medical systems need to be more prepared with the lab testing. It doesn't mean that they can build up more hospitals. I don't think that that's probably the best idea. Um, but for children, like I have a five and seven year old daughter, and I would feel comfortable with them going back to school right now because they're not at risk. I mean, they really aren't. Um, you want to teach your kids good nutrition. You want to keep them moving their body. You want to get them the sleep that they need. Kids are mainly underslept and underfed in terms of good nutrition. They're, they get plenty of calories, but they don't get enough good nutrition. Um, but the problem is your kids go to school and then both of you are at a high risk you know, population. So, you know, that's why you can't have kids go to school right now, because you need to keep yourself safe. Your kids are going to be fine, most likely. Right. So now, but how do we return to normal? Well, normal won't really come until the summer. And, and I, I don't, I don't want to be a bearer of bad news. Um, but we're not going to peak out until probably the third week of April. Uh, then you'll see a decline till about the beginning of June, mid-June. By then, um, even Boston is going to be warmer and hot. And so, you know, the virus <laughs> won't be able to spread as easily, most likely, if it follows a normal flu-based pattern, which it probably will. And so people will go absolutely, um, you know, <laughs> pandemonium in June and July and August, and it'll be the best summer ever. So yeah. like, that's the upside. Uh, and the, but then people put their lives back together. I mean, right. what about the 7 million people in the restaurant industry where they have no jobs? Who knows if their mm-hmm. restaurants can open back up or their uh, bar where they worked at? So we're going to have to help out people as much as we can. And mm-hmm. then the possible repercussions of it coming back in the late fall. And that's always a possibility. I don't think we need to have the same fear. What we need to do is work on our health now, right? We all mm-hmm. know that health should be a more important thing to us lab test to see if you have enough vitamins and minerals, if you're at the right levels, the right omega-3s, the right vitamin D. I mean, these are things that you can do right at home. People are just becoming aware. So this was not a good thing, but if it increased people's awareness of their own health and their own susceptibility, and they realized that uh, natural medicine and conventional medicine could work together, Mm -hmm. and they could do things on a daily basis, like what I teach is the de-stress protocol, then they can get well and don't have to fear the virus. Like, if I got COVID-19, I'm not worried. I'm really not. Uh, I mean, 
I hope that I don't get it. But if I did, I'd be okay. I really believe that. Yeah, I think that's a great way to look at it. And I think as Americans, we do struggle to really see the whole picture and to focus. I feel like, you know, our health often falls to the very bottom. So this is definite a definite wake up call. So if we can take one thing from it, it is to like get a foundational, a good foundational health, you know, look at that immune system and yeah, do some of this testing that we can do um, to look at where we're at. So um, I best takeaway I feel like that we all can take away from this but before we go I want to know one podcast one resource one book that you can share with our listeners that you love right now and um, that's kind of helped you get through this quarantine time something to keep them busy so for me all like usually I'm reading multiple books per week I love to read I love to you know really just continue to absorb knowledge and also from different points of view meaning like people ask me like, why would you read this book? Read this book. You've already studied that. Well, you learn things in a different way. People say things in different ways. And that's why I invite people to read multiple books on a topic Mm -hmm. because to people where they might absorb it to a better degree. But all of my time right now is being spent on research and reading articles and reading um, other reports from doctors around the world of things that are working so that I can try to be unbiased and report back. But um, what I, what I do um, recommend right now is a good book on either one of two things. One is on mindset, on um, not not just like self-improvement, self-help, but like actually uh, self-awareness and understanding yourself at a deeper level because this has brought out a lot of fears and anxiety from people from maybe like childhood mm-hmm. with security issues and fear. And so work on that. Mm-hmm. This is a great time to do that. Um, and there's, there's so many great books. I love um, The Power of the Subconscious Mind by Dr. Joseph Murphy. I love... Um, Deepak Chopra's work and like there's a lot of great people but um it's also a good time to choose a area of focus in your life that you would like to improve upon so we're learning that maybe we could work more virtually and maybe there's another job or things that you would enjoy doing that you could learn more about so that you Mm -hmm. would be maybe even more self-sufficient in the future so I think both of those Mm -hmm. are great and they work hand in hand believe in yourself become more self-aware and then start to move forward in the life of an area like a health coach or a mm-hmm. life coach or a yoga instructor or personal mm-hmm. trainer, like whatever you love, yeah. move forward in that direction. I mean, you could do nursing virtually. Like I you know. could, no, I mean, obviously you need it in a practice, but you could at least, you can speak to people and coach them and teach them virtually mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Again, love that. I know. So do I. Such Spreading goodness. <laughs> Spreading goodness. <laughs> so where can our listeners find you? We want, um, tell everyone where they can stalk you in like the best way, find you on Instagram. What's your handle? My, my uh, handle on Instagram is Stephen Cabral. That's typically the only social media place where I, where I hang out. Um, I post my podcast there. My podcast is The Cabral Concepts. And uh, my main website is stephencabral.com. All the lab tests we talked about, all the foundation protocols, immunity protocols, that's equilibriumnutrition.com. And I would just say for the virus, uh, I give weekly updates at stephencabral.com forward slash virus. Again, it's all unbiased information, conventional medicine, naturopathic medicine, and um, just just to cut down on the fear. Like I tell people how it is. And if that's fearful, then it, it's okay. But yeah. I'm not going to lie to people like the media is doing right now where, you know, the camera person won't be wearing masks or a glove or anything, but then the person yeah. on camera is. It's deplorable <laughs> what they're doing. So stay away from the nightly news. Be careful with that. Yes. It's too much. Yes. We wanted you on because... Again, you are so real. I appreciate you saying all that about the media. It's so true. And you guys, his podcast is amazing. It's one of my favorite. I listen every week. We're going to link everything, I promise. I'm so happy you came on. I've like fangirled because I'm a huge fan. (laughs) So thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. It It's great.